I think so many times as business owners, we have the vision in our head. We don't share. We share, instead of sharing the pie with our team, we share the pieces of the pie. And it's really hard as someone's working for you to only know your piece of the pie. Like you need to know what the whole pie is and then what your slice is. Hey there, you're listening to the Jerisha Said Podcast, episode 33. Having the courage to start your own business and actually sell your consulting services online can be tough. Look, it may not be easy, but it can be simple. In each season, we take a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain a solid understanding of what's required to serve, sell, and scale your consulting business. All you have to do is listen to what Jerisha said. If you are ready for a transparent, all the way real, edge snatching strategies, grab your castor oil and keep listening. I am your host, corporate engineer turned online business consultant, Jerisha Hawk. Before we get started today, I want to give a loyal listener shout out. And this one goes to unapologetically Kaisha. And here is what she said. I have been following Drisha for over a year now. She really cares about your success, regardless if you pay for one of her services or not. She always delivers value and you can tell she really wants you to win because she doesn't just give you an example to a formula for wealth, but instead she breaks that example down step by step piece by piece. And Kaisha, thank you so much for being a loyal follower of mine for over a year. I truly appreciate everything that you've done. I know that you're in our Facebook group and you're an avid listener here on our podcast. So I just want you to know I appreciate you. And if you would like to leave a review, make sure that you subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen and leave a review there. And I might just be giving you a shout out on an upcoming podcast episode. So I don't want you guys to wait any longer. Let's jump into today's interview. Our guest today doesn't need much of an introduction. If you are a female business owner in the online space, at some point or another, you probably have heard of the Facebook group Savvy Business Owners. Today's guest is the founder and creator of that amazing community, Heather Crabtree. Heather is a business strategist and a community builder. She teaches women how to run a savvy business and live a fulfilling life. She is also the founder of the Savvy Community, a membership experience for female entrepreneurs, and the Savvy Business Circle, which is a six-month mastermind and group program. With a law degree in hand, she started her first post-law firm business at the age of 24, gained a business partner at 28, and sold the business six years later to start her current business. Now she mentors and speaks to lady entrepreneurs around the globe each year, encouraging and teaching women how to run a savvy business and live a fulfilling life. Heather's Facebook group was one of the first communities that I discovered when I started dipping my toe into this online world. And her community was the breeding ground for so many of the friendships and clients that I have today. I'm so honored to chat with a woman that I highly look up to and admire on today's episode, discussing how she built her tribe of thousands and how she's been able to evolve in her entrepreneurial journey from being a lawyer to building and selling her first business and leading the savvy community that she has today. I guess you want to just start off by like one, I just love the fact that you, a lot of females, I feel as if they build a business and they look at their business as a baby. And I think that I mean, the fact that you sold your first business, I just thought yeah. was like, she's a businesswoman. 
I would just love to hear how you went from being in law school, deciding to like, you know what, I'm not going to do this and go into event planning. Like walk us through what that season of your life was like and some of those decisions you made on why you decided not to go down the traditional route and why you chose to build your business. Yeah. Okay. So where to begin? (laughs) So yeah, I started out in law. And that was kind of, my dad was someone who that you either were a lawyer or a doctor. He just, he didn't grow up going to college and all this stuff. So he really wanted in his eyes, like those were the two professions that you could choose from and be really successful. And so I chose law and I really knew from when I was little that I wanted to be an attorney, but I also knew that I wanted to own the business. Like I never wanted to say working for someone. And so I went through that. I went through this traditional path, right? Four years of college, went to law school. So I graduated law school when I was like 23, going to 24. And I was like, okay, I've got this. But I wanted to go in. I say, save the world. I wanted to do adoption law. And I wanted to help babies, kids find families. And I also wanted to do like... Yeah, I just wanted, it was like kind of that save the world mentality. Like I'm going to make the world a better place by being an attorney. And then back in the day when I was coming out of law school, there wasn't a lot of jobs. And so kind of fell into something completely different. And we were representing like all the car dealerships in Phoenix. And I was like, well, this is not what I signed up for. So I call it like my paper pushing years because it really was just like sitting behind a desk, eating Starburst and pushing papers. And it just was not fulfilling to me at all. I love the education. Like I'm such an education and knowledge junkie. So I love the education of law. I hated the practice of it. So I quickly knew that I wasn't going to be staying there and I couldn't see it. It was this old school mentality. I was the only woman in the firm. I was 24. So like, oh my gosh, there were so many psychological, social things that went on along with that. I don't even want to get into, but all of those things made me go like, this is not for me. And all my friends that were surrounding me, my husband, who wasn't my husband at the time, on the attorney route, and they were becoming attorneys. And I was just like, they all were like, yeah, this is cool. We're making a lot of money. And I'm like, I don't really care about the money. Like, I want to be happy. Because what also happened when I was in law school, my father passed away at 44. And September 11th happened when I was in law school, a month in between each other. So my father passed away in August, September 11th happened. And like, life changed for me in an instant on both of those occasions, like so crazy. So it also was a transitional time. Like I was like, I'm not going to live. My dad passed away at 44 of a heart attack and he was my everything. Like he meant so much to me. And so I was like, I'm not going to live my life based on what everyone has said I needed to do and what were the steps and how to get there. I'm like, I'm done with this. Like I'm going to do what I'm going to do because who knows how long you're going to live. And so I said, okay, I'm ditching attorney. And I gave my two weeks notice. And I said, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm either going to be an interior designer or an event planner, because that seems so far in other end of the spectrum. I was like, I need creativity. I need fun. And something inside me said, if I wanted to be an interior designer, that I was gonna have to go back to school. And I had been school all my life. And I was like, heck no, there's no going back to school. And so I became an event planner. I started my own business literally with Dell computer. And that's it. Like as an attorney, people are like, Oh, you were an attorney. You're making money. No, no, no people. I was not making any money at the time. I was actually in a ton of debt from law school, but I was like, I don't care. My happiness is what matters to me because if I'm happy, then that radiates and other people are happy. And I was just seeing how being in that 
place was just bringing on so much negativity around me in my world. And I was like, I'm, it's not worth it to me. So I jumped into owning an event planning company. I had no knowledge of it, like no background in it. I just moved to Phoenix from Indiana. I had gone back to be with my mom. So my dad died. And I was like, okay, I'm out here with my now husband and we're starting like this life together, apparently. So like all the life transitions, right, were happening at this moment, all of it in one. And I was like, I'm done. I'm going to just do what I'm going to do. And so I jumped into event planning and I hustled, girl. Wow. Like nobody's business. Because I was like, I'm a person that Again, I think it's from experience, but like I always say, I was talking about on another podcast, like our things we learn as children and the experiences that we have and the background that we raised up in, like, I feel like I'm really lucky. And that I had parents who said, I can do anything. You can be anything. And so I feel so grateful for that because I know how many people I know that didn't have that. And that affects them in such a negative way. It holds them back in some ways. And so I've always been a person like, I'll figure it out. Like, I don't care put me in a box. I'll figure out how to make it a house and get the heat going. And like, I'll just figure it out. And so that's what I did. I launched into that. I was going, I was in it for four years. I got a business partner. We were jamming. She bought 50% of my company and then we built our team. And then I got to a place where I was like, I don't know how I got stuck here for 11 years, but being wedding and event planner is not what I'm supposed (laughs) to do with my life. And so, yeah, I made the hard decision to like tell my business partner, I can't do this anymore. And it it took me a while. Like I wanted to do it two years before I did. So I was struggling with it because I'm a people pleaser. I don't want to let anybody down. And so I knew that I was going to be letting people down because my business partner was not in the place. I had been doing it for 11 years. She had been doing it for like six years. And so we were just not on the same wavelength on that, but it worked out. And actually the gal that we had on our team that we kind of had started from baby planner came up and bought our company. So we kind of had groomed her in a way to show us, like she showed us that she had what it takes and she was ready to move up into that next step. And it just so happened. It's kind of one of those moments of it just happened the right time. And it was hard because I was, heck, I didn't know what I was going to (laughs) do. But during that time, what led me to this, how to connect the dots to how I got to where I am now doing consulting and coaching. And we'll talk about how I've scaled the business from that one-on-one stuff. But I started coaching people in the wedding industry because there were so many people in the wedding industry that did not know how to run a business. They were creatives. So they had no idea how to run a business. And business was my background. Like that's what I went to school for. So I was like, okay, people, we got to get this business part because just doing it just for fun is going to get really, really old really quickly. Yeah, we got to start collecting the coins. Yeah, girl. Have a good strategy in place. I was always like, yeah, live your best life, but make some money while you're doing it. So so yeah, so I started that. So I kind of brought those people along and people always ask me like, how did you start into that consulting coaching part? I did what I knew. So like I knew the wedding industry so well and I was like, okay, who here? And I'm all about building relationships. You know, like I don't, I know things don't come quickly. I'm not thinking that instantaneously I'm going to have all these clients. Right. So I'm like, okay, if I want to transition to this other world, I didn't technically think about it that time, but like four years before I started this new business, I had started coaching people in the wedding industry. So we did that for four years before I transitioned to owning, selling that business and starting heathercrabtree.com, which was, and then I brought those people along with me. I was like, okay, I'm still coaching, but I'm doing it in this broader sense. So it's not just gonna be in the wedding industry. 
So that's how I was able to take what I knew because I think so many times we go from like, you get this, like being an engineer coming from a completely different background. I feel like so many people compartmentalize it and go, okay, I was this and now I'm starting over and I got to start from square one. And it's like, no, 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 you get to bring all that knowledge and goodness. I'm so glad you you said that. Right? Like everybody says it, like I have to start all, or even maybe they're at a point in their business and they're just having to pivot their model or pivot their focus. And it's like, I have to start all over. And it's being an engineer is what set me up to be successful in my business. You know, being a lawyer and having your educational background, like you said, that sets you up. And some of the things that you said, like even when you were in the wedding event planning space, that was your first niche. Like you started coaching those people first before you went more broad. I just wanted to make sure that we highlight that because I know a lot of the listeners, you know me, I'm a very big advocate on picking signature service and niching yes. down in the beginning yeah, before you start to try to scale. So I love that that was an aspect. And I guess like at what point did you even know that you, or was it always in you to kind of do that to like, yeah. I should start coaching or what made you, you make know, that decision? I think it was always in me, but I didn't like, I've always been that leadership role. So like, I've always been the person of like, okay, let's lead the group and like, let's do something awesome. And like, we always have a cause, you know, and like, let's move forward with that and community. I want to talk about that for a second. Cause that was ingrained yeah. in me too. My dad was one of 11 kids. And so wow. I had like 60, 70 cousins on just one side of my family. And so every Sunday, we would go to my mamma and papa's house and we would all get together and we would all bring a dish. And so every Sunday we had like Sunday lunch and all my aunts and uncles were there and all the grandkids and the nieces and nephews were there. That's just how I grew up. So I've always had a community. It was a family like built in community from day one when I was born. And so I think that that really set me up for how I've, you know, grown in the world because having that, you know, that's what led me to having the community that I did now. I learned so much as a child of listening to other people and instead of chatting, speaking at them, like listening to their needs. And it would just be my cousins and I, like we had enough kids to fill like two kickball teams. So we would play against, <laughs> it's funny. Cause I think it's like, well, that's just what we did. And my husband's like, that is not normal. Heather. No. <laughs> not normal. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. We just did it. And everybody was just family. So everyone brought their friends and like, you just come in. You don't got to bring anything. Like the only thing you're happening is when you walk in the door, every aunt is kissing you and hugging you. So be prepared, you know, and then that's how I was raised. And so I didn't know anything else. So I think as I've journeyed throughout even school and a child and then going to college and law school and then kind of finding myself after that. And like, what's Heather going to do? Community was always at the base of that. Yeah. So but that's yeah. really resonated in how you've grown your business. Like I've mentioned to you numerous times, like you were one of the very first business owner that I discovered when I stepped into this online space and I found the savvy business owners Facebook group. Yeah. And like there's thousands of Facebook groups that exist, but there's this ingrained sense of true community when you walk, when you like log into your Facebook group online. When did you start the Facebook group? And like, was that at the very beginning of your business or when did you make that decision to start that community? Yeah. So it was at the beginning of when I started this business that I have now, Heather Crabtree. So I've always been a part of a community, but I'll tell you when I was in law, I felt like that community wasn't there. I was young. I was a woman and 
nobody was really listening to what I had to say. Let's just be really honest about that. And so it was really difficult for me. So I have a lot of younger women who now I get so, I think that's why like, I'm just so like women empowerment because I know what it feels like to go in a male dominated. I mean, girl, you know, too. Yeah. Um, And be in that and you have to hold your own. And so people like, how did you make these decisions? Or how did you jump from this and that? I'm like, because you had to hold your own. Like, if you didn't, people are pushing you around and telling you how things are going to go. No, no, no. That is not how we're going to do this. This is not how this is going to go. And of course, was respectful in that, like learning and taking it all in. But I also saw at a very early age how, especially as a woman, life is different. And at that time, I mean, it's still, it still is, but it was such an old school male dominated industry. And I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be real fun here because I break the rules. I don't care what we've always done. Like, I want to know what we can do the best now. And so through that, I didn't feel like a part of a community then. When I was in the wedding industry, it was funny because I think people saw me as maybe a leader in it, but I felt like an outsider. Mm. And I think it might've been because it really wasn't what my true purpose was, but I think it was a part of that journey that I needed to take in order to get to where I was. And so when I started my own business, I was like, you know what? Everyone's welcome. Like, I don't care what your background is. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you have no, I don't care. I want you to feel welcome because that's how I was raised and I don't know anything else. And so I was seeking in the, especially in the online business world, just very like, you got to do this and you got to do this. And this is the way you have to do it. I'm like, no, no, we don't have to do anything. Like we choose our own path. And the basis of that is like, I want to live a happy life. So business aside, like life part is most important to me. And what that boils down to is like relationships. I want people that I know that I can say, I know I remember, like we were talking, I remember when Jerisha joined my Facebook group, I've seen her like skyrocket your business and grow. And like, I see that. And people, I think we take that for granted that we don't need to pay attention to that stuff. And it's like, no, that's where the goodness is y'all. Like those are, that's basic, like business building 101, build those relationships know the people. My dad taught me when I was younger, he used to do this. He would meet someone. And at then, you know, everybody gave business cards. Don't do that anymore, but gave business cards and he would have a conversation with them, learn everything about them, write it on the back of the business card. So he would have all their details. So that whenever he would email them or call them, he would know those details and he would use that to connect with them. And so I started, I did that. I did that since I was, you know, from the very beginning. And that's how I built a network really quickly. Cause I was like, okay, what's important to them? It's not about me. What do they love? Are they a pet lover? Are they parents? Are they huge sports people? And that's how you connect. So however you can connect with, that's what you do. Yeah. You know, all these things that I just learned as like human things, right. That I think a lot of times we forget in business. Cause we're all like, so many people are about, okay. I got to make so much money in like a month. And I'm like, oh my gosh, good luck if you don't have these basic basic skills. Yeah. I think people forget about, which I love that you say that, like you were so focused on, and one of our core values is serving over selling. And like even serving in the human sense of just connecting with another person and making them feel valued and seen and heard. And even those little things of just like understanding who they are and what they care about. 
I think at the end of the day, like you have to remember the other person on the end of that transaction. Like people are not your personal ATM machines. Yes. So I think that's why you can do well in business and why you have like thrived and built such a like ridiculously large community of amazing humans is because you never forget about that human aspect. I know you said you started off with business coaching for the wedding planning industry. Mm-hmm. When you transitioned into heathercrabtree.com, what were those first few services? Like what did those first offerings look like for you? And how did having the community help feed you and like help feed and grow the business too? Yeah. So like I said, the, the community started because I just wanted a place, right? I wanted everybody to be accepted. I wanted anyone like just women and I wanted building each other up. And so when I started this business, I started that Facebook group. And I mean, there were other people that had been doing these Facebook groups. I started doing what I was doing because I took, I have to give credit where credit is due because I took Marie Forleo's B-School. That's really where this all started because I had no idea about online business. I was doing event planning. Like it was service-based. I was meeting with people. We had a huge office in Scottsdale. Like I had no idea about this online space. It was the complete unknown to me. And so I took that course and I saw the community that she had built. And I saw how fiercely protected of not only her, but one another they were and how they were building each other up. And it was, that changed the game for me. I was like, oh yes, that's what I want. That's what I've been missing. In the wedding and the industry, it was, and now know that this is kind of like everywhere, but it was just very catty. It was very like, I'm better than you, very competitive. And I was like, I don't like this. Like there is room for all of us, y'all. There, right. We don't need to do this, but you get wrapped up in that. I started to see myself do it as like a defense mechanism. Like, oh, everybody else is eating at each other. Okay. I'm going to put up my claws too. You're not eating at me. So that's kind of how I got through that, those 11 years. And that wasn't me. I was like, this is not who I am, but I was like in that defense mode. And so when I started this business, I saw that we needed that. So we had the Facebook community, but the service that I offered was I saw when I was coaching everybody in the wedding industry that the biggest thing that they were struggling with is they had no workflows, no systems at all. Mm. They were just like fly by the seat of your pants. And it was, nobody else was doing it. So everybody just kept, oh, I'm going to replicate what she's doing. Well, that person has no workflows or no systems. So right. <laughs> And like, great, but you're going to be in the same spot. And I would see that they would struggle because once they started getting in a whole bunch of clients, it would start to crumble because they had nothing to, that was repeatable that they could just start doing. And then the client experience was horrible because they had nothing repeatable. So I was like, okay, you know what? I want to scale my business. Like I had already thought like, what can I do? Cause I wanted to go from one-on-one. I was doing one-on-one then I still was doing one-on-one. Right. So I was still doing that one-on-one work, but as I was doing that one-on-one work, I kept seeing the things that were consistently happening. Right. And that's what built mm. what I now have as a framework for my business, because I listened to what the clients I worked with one-on-one kept saying over and over and over again. And so systems became that one thing. So I created a course called Streamline with systems. And that's the first move I went from one-on-one to one-to-many. Gotcha. Um, and I think that I love that you say that you really listened and you're like the fourth person who's been on this podcast that mentioned B-School. Most of you guys have been in this space for like multiple years mm-hmm. and like, and how pivotal like that program was and even making that investment in your business back then. But I love that you were just talking about how you listened to what your clients wanted and started to document the things that you were doing over and over and over again. And that really positioned you to create the course. Yes. So how did your business model change from going from one-on-one now having to run and facilitate a course? I think 
a lot of times yeah. people think, I can make a course and just put it out there and forget about it. And it's like, oh no, man, I thought can't. that too. I oh, thought yeah. that too. I thought it was like, I'm leaving on easy street now. I got my <laughs> course. I was like charging $800 a person. I was like, we're good. We're set. Oh man. It's a whole different way. Right. So what I did, because I came from like a premium priced service base, right? So people are paying us ten dollars to $15,000 to plan their wedding. So for me, like doing a $47 product, I was like, what? No, 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 I can't. Like I couldn't wrap my brain around it. Now I understand it. But then I was like, I can't jump from like $15,000 paychecks to like $47. Okay, here we go. How many $47 purchases do I have to get to that? I couldn't wrap my brain around it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do a course. I'm not going to try to get hundreds of thousands of people. I was, my goal was to get 30 people and it was almost a thousand dollars. So my goal was like to make $30,000 and I hit it. I did it right off the bat. Like, and it was really knowing and niching down into, cause I knew the framework. There was a whole bunch of other questions that people kept asking, but I was like, if I try to cover all that, there's no way. So I just broke it down into systems and I knew what they were struggling with. Like people at that time, it was like blogging, writing newsletters, emails, you know, all the things that nobody had systems for. And so I did a course, I figured out how to do all my, I had no idea how to do any of it. So knowledge junkie Heather was like, okay, consume everything I can get my hands on to figure out. So, you know, you download all the freebies and all that you watch all the stuff. And then of course I had taken, I paid, I invested $2,000 at the beginning not having any money in this business, right? I did sell a business, but let me just say, it wasn't like I'm making a million dollars from that business from selling it. It wasn't like a big chunk. I'm going to be really honest there. So when I was coming into this new business, I was like, what can I do that I know that people really have a specific need for? And so that's why I went with just systems instead of doing all the things. And so I set a plan. I said, okay, this is how much I want to make from it. This is how much I need to sell in, in, in order to do that. and. I created all of it. I figured out how to do all of it. And I just did it, right? I just was like, okay, here we go. I launched it and I I hired someone. So that's one thing that I think people forget. So I've always been a big investor in people and things that are going to get me to that next level. So at the time, we had went through B-School together. Her name was Faraday. She was doing launching and I was like, I need a launch strategist because I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I can do all the content, but when it comes to actually the strategy behind launching, I had no idea. And this was just four years ago. So it feels like 10 years ago, but it was just four years ago that all this happened. So she came up with all of it for me and was like, this is what I'm like, girl, I can follow instructions. Right. Got it. (laughs) Got it. Like I'm on it. And so she just told me what to do. And I think I paid, I made an investment of like, I think it was $4,000. I paid her for mm-hmm. that. So I automatically knew like, if I make 30, four, 4,000 of that is already gone. Cause, and I did have clients. So, you know, I'm working all of this on like after hours because I'm working with clients one-on-one and yeah. So then I hit it and then just so many things. So I went through doing it for $800 a person. I sold 30 of them or yeah, 30 of them, 35 or something. It was like $30,000 launch. And then, which was, I was like, at that time, I was like, oh my gosh, I just made $30,000 in a day. Like what the heck have I been doing? So it was so cool. And then all the doubt set in, right? Mm. I was just like, oh, like 
it's not good enough. Oh, my videos aren't good enough. Oh my gosh, I can't show up like I need to. All the doubts are coming in. And so it really, I don't talk about this a lot, but it was a, it hit me really hard after I launched that first course because I didn't know if I wanted to do it again. I didn't know if I wanted to release it again. Yeah, launching and, is, I've been on my cement floor in tears many mm-hmm. times during launches. Yeah. It can be very like high risk, high reward. Like it can be very, very profitable, but there's just all these emotions that come up too. And I think you did it this smart way. You at least had team members to support through some of it, but like, well, I had Faraday. I didn't have anybody else. Okay. I think I just had a launch strategist. I don't think I had anybody else on my team at that time, but what the cool thing part, well, I was like, so excited. I was like, I was at Disneyland during my launch week and I was like, yeah, see, my systems do work because I got my system set up and I'm at Disneyland during launch week, people. That is beautiful. So like, how did you overcome the doubt though? Or like, what were some of the things that crept up and how did that impact how you showed up in your business? Yeah. So I realized that what I expected from myself for like $800 for someone to pay $800 for a course I wanted to give my all. Like I wanted to be everything for them. And I realized that I was trying to put more at them when really what I needed to do was just guide them through what I already given them and just support Mm. them through it. And so I learned a lot after that. I was just like, oh gosh, no, they don't need more. You're overwhelming them. Just show up and help them and make, hold them accountable. Cause as you know, and anyone that's done a course, the hardest part was the course. And this was the big like challenge for me too, is that like only a percentage of your people will finish the course. Yeah. And I just couldn't get my wrap my brain around that, but I saw that cuz when I took Marie Forleo's B school, I joined a group of like there were 5 of us and I was like, okay, we were all going through it together and I knew that they were successful women, so I was like, we're going to get through this. And it was the 8 week course, right? I was the only one at the end that had made it through the whole course. Everybody else had dropped out. Like we were supposed to be doing calls every week. And slowly as we got through yeah. the week, people were dropping off. And these are like ladies that were doing awesome in their business. Like, what's going on, ladies? Like, I paid $2,000 for this. You better believe my butt is showing up. Yeah. And that just didn't happen. So as a course creator, and I think as a lover, like I want to love on people. I love relationships. So it was really hard for me when I saw that people weren't staying accountable to themselves. And I was trying to hold them accountable, but they just didn't have the habits to keep up with the yeah. things. So that was really challenging for me at the end. I was like, oh my gosh, only like a percentage got through it. And I wanted to save them. <laughs> I just want to save everybody. And it's like, okay, but what can I do? And it just, it got this weird, I don't know, kind of flip-flopped. And so I made all this money, but then I was like, I wasn't really happy because I felt like I wasn't showing them like there wasn't a transformation happening because they weren't completing the course. This episode was generously sponsored by Acuity Scheduling. We are all ready to make more money and serve more people. But if you are in an email ping pong game with potential clients struggling to schedule your next call, let me introduce you to my software sugar daddy, Acuity Scheduling. Look, If the need to easily schedule calls and collect payment is holding you back from actually making money in your business, you need a simple solution. You need to have an automated process that handles all of the administrative and payment collection tasks for you. You need something that integrates with your calendar so you never miss an appointment and sends reminders to your clients so they show up on time. You need Acuity Scheduling. 
I've dated all the top scheduling softwares that the interwebs have to offer, but nothing has come close to Acuity Scheduling. I've been rocking with Acuity Scheduling for two years and counting. They continue to exceed my expectations and they are always making improvements. That's real love. And to share the love, you can visit acuityscheduling.com backslash hustle to get a 45-day trial to test it out for yourself. You will thank me later. Visit acuityscheduling.com backslash hustle to get your 45-day trial of Acuity Scheduling now. Is that what really positioned you to build the membership site or when did the membership community Kind of. So I went through a couple of stages where I launched the course a couple more times, but the next time I launched it, we went through a whole other thing. So I completely took myself out of it Mm. and just had like the Facebook group where everybody could be. And then I had decreased the price, but I cut the price down to like, it was like 247. Well, then I got backlash was like, these people that paid $800, now you're giving it for $247. What the heck? Like, normally you would up the price, right? Not decrease it, yeah. Yeah. But I was like, no, no, I want to have more people being able to join. I just hadn't worked through all that stuff. So now I teach people like, you got to figure that stuff out at the beginning. Like, don't be trying to work backwards (laughs) on it or you're going to screw yourself. So yeah, that was a whole nother issue. And then finally, I just took it off. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. So eventually I kept in the, in between that time, what I did is I kind of came up with packages with working. So before I was just working kind of one-on-one and work with people for like a few months, but then you had to work with me either six or 12 months. Mm. And so in between of like doing this course, I was also kind of building like where you had to have me as your person. And then I, of course, increased the premium. Like I increased the price of working with me. Like, okay, I have this course. You can go take it. But if you're going to work with me, you're, going to be paying a premium for that because yeah. that's me one on time. So, and then eventually I was like, you know, I finally got over that premium price thing. And I was like, okay, I need a product that I can, all the knowledge that I have in this framework that I've built, but I hadn't really been sharing with anybody needs to go. And yeah. So we launched, we, I, I thought, okay, I want to do a membership. This is the way I want to do it. I want to start. So I came up with the Savvy Business Roadmap. And then we were going to follow that framework, that roadmap, and then have this membership. And that was kind of going to follow through it. But as I do on everything, I just want to jam all the knowledge that I've ever, ever had in my life. Because I just think the more, the better, right? Into this, pro, into the, my membership. And that was a downfall, right? Eventually, that was just too much. It was too overwhelming. And so we're actually reworking it now. But when I launched it, the next month, my daughter was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Mm. So literally I'd been building up to like, okay, this is how I'm going to scale my business. And we launched in January and February 9th, my daughter was diagnosed with cancer. And like I mentioned before to you, like watching you through that season, at least from outside looking at how much grace you gave yourself, yeah. like it taught me so much about just being a business owner. And like, like I mentioned to you before, like I aspired to be a mother and a wife and watching yeah. you through that helped me grow so much personally. But how are you able to sustain like, your business, at least outside looking in, like the business still grew, yeah. like yeah, still getting more members in the membership group. Like how were that yeah. like, juggling both of those? So the biggest thing, and this is what I teach people, but it's part of my framework. But the thing, what I started doing at the very beginning too, is I started investing in people. So I started hiring people on my team. So at the very beginning, I didn't have that. 
So I hired, you know, the launch strategist for the course. Like I always had people. And right after that, I hired someone to do my social media. And then I was like, I want to rebrand like what I was, I had like, you know, the typical coming out of corporate, trying to go into the creative world. Like I got my blazer on, but I got some cute pants. Like that's going right. to be the creative side. I was like, this is not me. Like I don't wear blazers. So anyway, I was like, okay, I got to get my brand on point. And so I hired someone to do my branding. And then I, the core of it is I was building my team. Right. Mm. But I didn't build, people think that I like had all because at one time before, even while we were going through London's cancer treatments, I had eight people on my team. Like wow. it was crazy sauce, but really that's the reality of how my business existed because I could not be in it, but we had done everything that I teach people to do. We had I knew the mission and the core, the vision. I had my core values. We don't go, you know, like that's the heart of my business. I had my brand. I knew my brand was good. We had systems. So that's the, like the third part of my roadmap, streamlined with systems. I had all my systems down because that's what I had taught people to do. So we had that. And then I knew where I needed to spend money. So the fourth part of my roadmap is like, know your money, like know all the finances. And I knew that during this time that I could not be in it. Like my priority was with my daughter and my family. Yeah. Like not even a question. And so we basically lived in the hospital for two years. And so I couldn't do, I I physically couldn't do that. Like I was sleeping on a cot. Like we were, things were beeping at night, chemo, like radiation, all the craziness, life stuff that just dealing with that stuff in itself was crazy. And like business on top, I physically, emotionally could not deal. So I had built my team and I had been, you know, we are a family. Like when you enter into my world, whether you're my community, whether you're my team, like you are family. So I will have your back. Like if someone comes at you, I will be like mama crab tree, like protecting the coop. Right. So because I had done that, because I had loved on my team and I had, they knew how much I was in it and how much I was protective of them and helping them. I mean, I was helping them grow their businesses as well. And that was the cool part as I was growing, they were growing, community was growing, everybody in the community growing their business is like a big, happy growing business family. But because I had loved on that and given that my team was there for me, like it didn't even cross their minds. They took over everything. And so they stepped in and my business manager basically took over everything. And then my designer, she just took over the team. I mean, she'd already been doing that. Like I'm the visionary in my business and she's the person that keeps us on, you know, I'm coming up with all the ideas. She's keeping us like, okay, but we can only do so much at a time. So she was already doing that. But she took on so much more than honestly I was paying her for. Like I tell them, I make sure I tell them all the time. I owe my business to them. Cause if it had not been for my team, I would not have a business today. Cause I just could not physically be in it. So, you know, I would show up and I knew what was going on. I couldn't produce content. I couldn't do any of that. I just, yeah. yeah. And I think so. it's just amazing how like God works. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. you know, the membership community came a month before your daughter was diagnosed. Yeah. It's it's definitely a model that you build it so you can scale, so you can step away or at least more capacity too. Yeah. So when I launched the membership, we launched 230 people. Like it was, wow. it took off. And I was like, yeah, this is what, yes, (laughs) this this is what I wanted. But then that happened. And I think for me, now I look back and I'm like, it's all, it, this is all meant to happen. Like I see mm-hmm. the beauty in it and I see why this happened. But, um, at the time I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like we had built in 
I'm always a huge part of everything and not like Mm. all the time. Like I'm not in it all the time, but I was like, I can't imagine the savvy community without Heather. Yeah. I don't know what that looks like. And it's, again, that's not an ego thing. That's not like, it's gotta be about me, but like, I love that those relationships. So like, I'm the one that knows everybody and literally everybody until we got to a certain point, even in the bigger Facebook group, I knew everybody. Like you told me you're in, I'm like, yes, they, people would email me, Heather, I'm in your Facebook group. Yes. I know you're in my Facebook group. Like I know who you are. I can tell you what your kids' names are. Like I know all of that. And so for me, it was really hard because I couldn't be that. And so people were coming in and I had to, I think really is when I truly stepped into the CEO of my business. Mm. So how many was years in was this? Oh gosh. So really, I mean, this was, when did we launch? This was Two years ago, two years ago, because I launched London and went through two years of treatment. So two years ago, when I launched the membership, that's really, and when she got diagnosed, that's really, truly. So two years into my, to this business, I guess. Yeah. So two years into Heather Crabtree. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, I think a lot of business owners never get to that space. they grow their business. I know that's a season that I'm trying to step into. Like what does, I'm realizing the business is growing beyond just Jerisha Hawk and yeah, it's taking on an identity outside of me and like finding yeah. out how to step into those roles. But how did you manage like your client experience while still scaling the business while you were stepping out and it was like completely unexpected? I think by telling the team, letting the team know, like this create, showing them the vision that you have for it and showing them by actually doing the way I treat people, the way I have the relationships, the way I'm, I see and hear, like I'm really seeing and hearing you, you know, like I don't just say, oh yeah, I know who she is. I know who she is. I know what she's doing. I see how she's growing. So it was ingraining that into them as well. Like this is if you want to be a part of my team, this is the core. And so like how I teach people, like you have to know your mission, like what is your why? But like you have to tell your, I think so many times as business owners, we have the vision in our head. We don't share, we share, instead of sharing the pie with our team, we share the pieces of the pie. And it's really hard as someone's working for you to only know your piece of the pie. Like you need to know what the whole pie is and then what your slice is. Yeah. And so as a seat, like really when I stepped into mine, I was like, okay, this is how I envision it. So this is how I want people to be treated. This is how I want people to be seen. Like, this is how I want us to show up. And if I can't show up in that way, we have to figure a way for one of you to do that. And that was stepping out of the boundaries of like who they are, you know? So it was challenging because girl, I'll take the whole day and talk. We'll (laughs) drink and talk all day. Like, I love this, you know, like I love to do this, but my business manager, she loves some people, but she's like, boop, boop, boop. Like we got to get moving. Like there ain't no more time to be on the phone, you know? So it was making sure. And you know, it wasn't all beautiful. It was really hard. We, it's interesting now we're rebuilding. I say my business because it's the way and what I now, again, I knew this when my father passed away when I was early on, but it kind of came in up again with my daughter's diagnosis because literally we didn't know if she was going to live. I mean, that it was stage four, crazy, 85, 90% of her body in cancer. And I was like, okay, how do I want to live? And for me, like happiness, joyfulness, loving, like being there for my kids, being there for my husband, being there for my sister and my mom and, and them doing that for me and as well. And so really 
making sure that the core, because I kept saying that was at the core, but was that really at the core? Mm -hmm. I could see a lot of times where the business was definitely at the forefront instead of what I was saying is like family first, family first and family sometimes wasn't coming first. And I had been through that in the wedding planning because, you know, that's a lot of weekends and stuff. And that was another reason why I got out of it because I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like my family is the most important to me. And so my husband started seeing me getting back into that. Like I would work all night long. And when I started this business and again, he was like, whoa, you got out of this business because of that. And now you're starting on the same path again. Like I can't go down this road again with you. And so with the diagnosis of, of London, I'd been working towards this, right? And I'd really built my team and it was, everything was going amazing. And I feel like, you know, those moments are put in your life. Not, I don't think, I'm not one of these people that I believe that cancer needed to happen to us. Like I wouldn't wish yeah. that on anybody, but I do think the, the blessings and the, the knowledge, all the goodness that I've gotten from it have been meant to be. Like it's been what has needed to happen in our life. The, the learnable moments, not the cancer, but the learning, yeah. the lessons from it have been so good. And it's made me restructure and really my focus, not my focus, because it's still there, but really being very specific about what it is that I do and what I offer and not going beyond that, you know, and just mm-hmm. sticking to what I know and doing it my way. Because a lot of people will tell you you have to do it a certain way. And I just, I don't believe in that. Like, I think you have to do what's right for you. Yes. Is there, are there strategies or there tactics or is there frameworks that you can work from? Yes. But I think you have to really bring in yourself and what feels right to you. And a lot of people get stuck in that, like copying exactly what someone else is doing without bringing their own life into it. And that is so true. So what does this season look like for Heather Crabtree? Like for the business, for you and your personal life, like what is the remodel? Yeah. So now we're going, I call it like a refresh, almost a rebirth really. Mm. And what it comes from, again, it's like going back to foundations, basics, right? But for me, in order to move forward in my business, I had to get right with myself. And so like adding, like how I start my mornings are so important to me. Like I do meditation, I do reading, I don't check emails, I don't get on Instagram or social media, I don't do any of that. I don't start my day really in my business until 10 a.m. my time. And that's after my kids are gone, after I try to get up earlier so I can meditate and do all the things, eating breakfast, doing all these things. And, And that was hard because in the past two years, our lives were very much determined by cancer, honestly. Like we had to go with whatever was happening at the time. Like my son, my husband and I, we had to, so how we did it was like every single night we switched off and on. So, and London was in the hospital a lot because the cancer was so much in her body that we had to immediately, like, it was really intense. She went through seven rounds of chemo. She went through true transplants. She went through true surgeries and radiation. We went through immunotherapy, like just everything had to come out her. So our focus had to be on her but we also have another child, my son Lane. And so we had to focus on him. And so then I were like two ships passing in the night, but we still needed to like keep that unit together. Right. And so we had to figure, it was just all this stuff happening made us like, you have to make a choice and the choice has to be family. And so everything else is like a bonus. Right. And so for me, it was like, okay, if I want to give back to my family, what does that mean? Oh, that means Heather's got to get herself right. And so it's really been a time for me to figure out, I kind of lost myself, honestly. 
and through the journey of cancer too, because I yeah. just became mom. I was back into mom and that was all I could really be. Even though on the out, I think people see, because I did show up on Instagram, I was t- sharing and stuff. I think people think I was more in than I really was into my business, which is cool because things went on without me, right? But for now, it's just, it's more about mindset and working on making sure my core is really strong and I'm really strong and like the energy that I bring to things and making space for all of that so that I can give. So then my business is we have my membership, which is the savvy community. We have my mastermind high-end program. That's something that's been building too. Like I had it a certain way and I changed it all up right before I launched it. I was like, okay, we're not doing this the same way anymore. So now it's an evergreen mastermind. So you can come in at any time, which is different. Oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, so I have that. And then I'm starting a podcast. I'm going to be writing a book. We have retreats as part of our mastermind. So in-person retreats. I might be doing an event next year. So all these cool things. I just needed the space. So I feel like almost like a new business owner again. You know, the freshness that that feels yeah. like. The excitement. I think once you get in, especially being a business owner for so long, like 15 years, even though I've had different businesses, it's nice to feel like really excited about what you're doing again. I kind of got, I don't know, I kind of got just in the motions. And so honestly, from the membership, we're kind of starting over because I lost a lot of members because I just couldn't keep up with it. And Mm. I think also with, this is a powerful moment for me. And I think a teachable moment is that as you grow, your community grows. And so what you start out with, like new business owners are not my people. Yeah, like I can teach them a lot. But I know that a lot of times it's like two years on and like my mastermind, you know, you've been in your business like five, six years. So I love that you said that, like, as you evolve, because I'm always really big on like, we call it the pop method, like pick one person, pick one problem, package one process. Yeah. But I always say that just because you pick this one person now does not mean they're going to be your forever person. Right. will evolve in your business. And I think it's beautiful that you said that. And I just appreciate the level of transparency you gave on how that evolution has come for you over in your business, in the membership site, membership community, and then with your mastermind. So is there like any one thing right now that you've been either investing in or reading or doing that has really been preparing you in this season for like this rebirth? Yeah. So I'm back into like, I'm a business book nerd. So I try to read like a one business book a week. Oh, I'm like, what? What? (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a fast reader, but yes, I do. I read a lot. So it's funny because people are like, have you read this book? I'm like, yeah, I read it. Let me highlight it for you. You don't need to read the whole book. <laughs> I'm reading this book. So every morning I start with my meditation and I, I have a book called The Book of Awakening and it's short passages and it's on med- It's like helps you meditate, but it's actually written by a man, uh, Mark Nepo, who actually had cancer. So it really resonates with me because like once he had cancer, it's transformed his life and like he looks everything's different. It's like before cancer and post cancer life. And I feel that way. It's funny. I've had a, not funny, but I've had a lot of people, members of my family pass away from cancer. And so I feel like those moments like change you and especially with my daughter. And so every morning I read that book. So that's not a business book. That's life kind of getting you in your mindset. So, and then I start my day with like, how am I going to, you know, I want to be happy. I want to be joyful. I want to have energy. And so what can I do to get that going? So some days it's like starting my day, like, 
I always do the meditation, but like starting it, I love music. I love to dance. So like starting out with that, you know, like not every day, but like my kids will be get excited and we have the song that we play on the way to school. It's like, it's a great day to be alive. It's, it's like a country song, but it's like, it's a great day to be alive. And so they belt it out. And so I know it sounds silly, but it's like those things can make all the difference in your life. Like I always say, we are dealt things. We are given things in our life that we don't have per se control over, but there are choices you can make to start making that shift. Right. And those little shifts that you make to start your day off and say, I'm choosing joy. I'm choosing happiness. I'm choosing energy and finding out how to bring that into your life to continue your life. And so for me, that's where I'm at right now. But because I've been doing that, I'm able to see in a, such a fresh perspective. So, and I don't attach myself anymore to the things, right? I don't attach my worth to how well my membership is doing. For me, it's all a lesson. So it's like, yeah. okay, I don't, and I used to do that. So like with the course, if something didn't go well and something bombed or like it didn't, wasn't, didn't live up to the expectations that were always super high, almost unachievable, right? That I had always set, I would, it would destroy me. And if anybody said anything negatively, which happened, it especially happens the more you become visible in the world, and especially in the online world, the more it can like start to creep in on you and people start to get negative. I don't have a lot of that because I don't allow that. Like you're negative, bye-bye. Like you're out. You don't, you don't get to be in my group anymore. You don't get to, and it's not, crit, it's not the criticism. Like I can take the feedback, the criticism. It's just the negativity. The I don't allow it. Yeah. Yeah. And so again, I think it's one of those things. You have the power to create the world that you want to live in. It's not always easy, right? We, we all go through things that can make it yeah. really challenging, but little by little, you can change that. And so for me, I just look at it in a fresh perspective. I just had a meeting with my business manager this morning and I was saying, she's like, okay, well, how about this? How's it going? You know, it's, it's going like you want it. And I said, you know, it's not going as we had originally planned, but the way it's the, where we're going is so much more beautiful than I had ever planned out. Mm. And again, it's, it's not holding on to that. I think, you know, I see a lot of, especially in the online world where people kind of get, Oh, I just launched this and I just made all this money and I did all this. And I'm like, okay, yep. What year are you in? You know, you're, you're in year one. Okay. Wait, let's talk in year four when you've had a little bit more of this, you know, yeah. Roller coaster or this evolution and see, because there's, you can be on top of the world one day and the next week you're, you're thinking that you should quit your business. It's a hard thing to do. Right. And so I keep that in mind. Like I don't hold my worth based on any of that stuff. Yeah. I know my worthiness. I'm really, you know, I'm grateful because that was instilled in me as a kid. So like, I don't, no one can tell me that I don't have something to give to the world or that I can't do something because I'll prove you wrong every time. Yeah. We just did an interview with Kelly Ruda. Uh huh. About worth and value and how worth is a birthright. So I just think it's like perfect time that you mentioned that too. Yeah. Um, but what's that business book you're reading right now that's helping you like through this refresh Ooh. or supporting you through it maybe? Yeah. So books I think everyone needs to read is Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Oh, and such a good book. <laughs> yeah. That's like, love, love, love that book. There's also The E-Myth because it teaches you about actually being an entrepreneur and how people start up as a technician and you can't stay in that technician spot. You got to actually work up to like entrepreneur or 
you're just doing all the time and you're not really running a business. So the E-myth is the second one. The third one is essentialism because it makes you really focus on what matters and stop focusing on all the things. I think as entrepreneurs, you know this, you see this every day, I'm sure. It's like we think if we add on our service or add on a product, like that's going to make us more money. That's going to make us more successful. And yeah. Exactly the opposite of what happens. <laughs> So, and, and what I'm reading right now, I just read Clockwork. Um, oh my gosh. Yes. I went to right? that in-person, um, like retreat when they first oh, launched it. Nice. Game changer. Yeah. Mike McCallowitz, like pretty, that man is just, yeah. Well, yeah, everything. The profit plan, the pumpkin plan, <laughs> all that. Like I read those uh, forever ago, but especially the pumpkin plan, he came out with that forever ago and the toilet paper entrepreneur, whatever that one is. Anyway, all those books I've read, but those, those are good. But the Clockwork and then Bernard Bouchard. The high performance habits. Yeah. Because again, it is business, but it's all about the habits that you have and how that can really is the foundation of how you can run your business or not. So that one, I like to, you know, I like to read all different from all different types of people too. Like, Mm. so I'm not a person that like, so people always ask me like what podcast you're listening to. I always listen to different ones. Yeah. I like to have a variety. I like to have different perspectives from people. So like one of my favorites, and she's not like an everyday, like a weekly podcaster, but Malik Teal. Oh my gosh. I, I got to meet her in person. Like we spoke together at an event. At the time, I didn't know like her empire. <laughs> she like, is. Hey, we're speakers. And I was like, whoa. After I was like, oh my gosh. Like, what? I can't even believe we're speaking on the same stage. And lo- oh gosh, Lovey, that was the same event that I spoke with. They're both bomb.com. I yes, got to meet them right? both at my leaks retreat that she does. Like, oh, oh yes, I forgot you went to that. Yes, 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 it, yes, yes. Her and Lovey are just so Lovey was there, Malik was there, and I was like, I don't know how I'm on the stage right now. <laughs> <laughs> they are amazing. And how I do variety. in my normal world, I like variety. I like being able to know different ways. I know what my path is, but I know a lot of people that I work with, their path has not been the same. So I, I like to learn not just business things, but like psychological and you know emotional and mm-hmm. all those things that come into play. So yeah, I read so much. I couldn't even tell you all the things. Those are a few of the things that I've been reading that have been really cool lately. Yeah. Well, good stuff. I know that you've mentioned your roadmap. Where is the easiest way for people who are listening to find your six point roadmap? Where can they find that? And is where a really good place where we can hang out with you more online too? Yeah. Just heathercrabtree.com. Everything's there. So you can go there. And then on social, of course I have the Facebook group, which we actually moved to a new Facebook group. That's a whole, another part of the rebirth, but, um, (laughs) And then I have, I'm on Instagram. I love Instagram, but so yeah, but you can find it all. If you just go to heathercrabtree.com, it's the easiest way. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today and your level of transparency. Yes. Thank you for having me. Hey there, Hawk Hustler. Thanks so much for listening in today. It means the world to me that you take time out of your morning commute or during your workout or while you're at home to listen into our show and to show my thanks. I would love to actually hop on a phone call with you. That's right. I mean, pick up a phone, dial a phone number, you know, do what our parents used to do back in the day before Instagram DMs. (laughs) But I would love to actually just learn more about you and thank you for, you know, tuning in and listening to our show. So if you'd love to hop on a call, just visit jerishahawk.com backslash chat and I will talk with you soon.